0: You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone and welcome to another awesome edition of Ask Drone You. We've got a very special guest today. He has actually written a book that many of the FPV influencers and many of my friends has said that this book is probably the very best resource for learning how to fly fpv drones in fact he's making waves all over the instagram verse or whatever you want to call it but i'm very very excited sir to have you on the show today who are we talking about we are talking about christian malika sir welcome to the show
1: thank you paul it's great to be on
0: oh no i am very happy that you're here in fact one of the very interesting points that you kind of brought up in the pre-show is the fact that the DJI FPV drone might be the the very worst FPV drone, is that right?
1: Oh man, we're going to launch right into it, huh? Yeah, so I I do hold the opinion that, well, let me clarify that. I think that if you are serious about getting into acro and you're you're really determined to learn how to fly FPV, then the DJI drone is not going to be the drone for you, And I say that for a couple of reasons. And like I said to you, Paul, before we got on, I actually am a DJI fanboy myself. I have a lot of DJI products. I love them. Uh, so I'm not just going to hate on DJI because I'm a drone snob and I'm an acro guy. It's not about that. But really, I think the, you know, the issue with getting into FPV acro is twofold, right? You've got two major problems. Number one is that it's really difficult to get into FPV. And that's, you know, really about getting a, a working set of gear. So You need to have your goggles, your transmitter, your drone, your charger, and all your batteries that's difficult to pull together because at the moment there isn't really sort of a a one package solution that you can get everything that you need with the swipe of one credit card until now. Now you've got the DJI FPV drone. It's great. It's like an Apple product. It just comes out of the box. It works. So, I mean, if you want to experience FPV flight very quickly. Then you can purchase that, get everything that you need to do it, and you can go out to the field, and you can throw that thing into manual mode. You can experience FPV. The problem with it is that you're not a proficient pilot at this point, and you are most definitely going to crash this drone. And unfortunately, the thing is made of glass. Uh, so the acro learning experience is one that is quite long and difficult, and you should go into it with the expectation uh, that you are going to destroy your 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 drones in particular, and it's just not going to be. Uh, you know, uh, suitable in the long run for you to be sending this thing, you know, back and forth to DJI and paying $250 every time you break an arm in a, in, a, in a relatively modest crash. So it does a great job at like being an RTF package. Again, you can get everything you need in one step, but then the realities of the FPV hobby, it does not address at all. And furthermore, I think actually exacerbates that issue, which is the reason why I say, although it's an attractive option up front, it's not going to be uh, the best for you in, in the long run.
0: Which is important because I think I've even said myself on my own show that I thought the DJI FPV was kind of a great segue in transition for people to be able to experience that uh kind of fpv look but when it comes to acro when it comes to being able to fly barrel rolls freestyle fpv get the really cool shots that kind of make you feel like you're watching top gun in a whole new way i mean it's really not good for that but that also kind of explains why fpv flight dynamics the book that you wrote is what it is, is because we are in an FPV environment where you can't buy a ready-to-fly drone, where you are really, um, you know, you're not just trying to figure out how to uh, how to build a phone, you know, kind of like a- as your Apple example, because you're faced with so many nuanced aspects of building a drone, finding the right ESCs, how many amps, what is the, you know, amperage of the ESC to the size of the motor to the size of the prop and how does that equation, you know, uh, equate to uh, how I'm going to be able to fly, right? I mean, this is kind of the idea of writing the book. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, you you bring
1: up a lot of excellent points there, and you know, w- one of the analogies that I constantly use throughout the book is that the process of learning to fly FPV is in a lot of ways like learning how to play an instrument, and I I, I make um, references constantly to playing the electric guitar. So learning how to play or learning how to fly an FPV quadcopter is a lot like making a visual kind of music. Um, so now the issue with that is, imagine you know how difficult it is to learn the instrument of of guitar in the first place, all the musical theory that you have to understand the technical proficiency with your fingers. But now imagine if every single time you picked up that instrument, there was a very high probability that the neck was going to snap in half. And now you also needed to understand, you know, about woodworking and, and gluing the damn thing back together and retuning it and all of that stuff. So there's just a whole slew of problems that are are surrounding getting into FPV that goes way beyond just learning about, you know, the theory of flight dynamics and and how to actually manipulate the sticks. It's, it's an inseparable aspect of the hobby. You do have to become incredibly proficient, you know, like you said, building your own quadcopter, piecing all of those things together and making sure that the damn thing works. And unfortunately we don't have a whole lot of standardization in the industry. So there's not really, you know, that, that out of the box solution that addresses all those problems. Uh, and it's also something that's going to be durable and very easily repairable. I think uh, I think we're approaching a solution at some point in the future. Really, what the hobby needs is just to have a completely modular system so it can still be a high performance quadcopter. It's probably still going to have a carbon fiber frame. It's still going to be very durable, but it's going to have electronics that are just going to plug in and there's a guaranteed compatibility there. So if you you know, you know burn a motor or something, you just unplug it from the ESC and plug it uh, back in. Um, I, I really don't think like FPV is not going to have a chance at going mainstream and really attracting a mainstream audience until it gets to that point. But I do think that that's something that would be, uh, on the horizon for sure.
0: Let me, let me just ask you really quick as a kind of a switch track, but how big do you think that the FPV industry is? Cause I know you said that it, it, FPV really won't go mainstream. I'm like, wait, mm. has FPV not gone mainstream? I see so many people picking up FPV quads all the time that I wouldn't trust them with a phantom, you know, I mean, and then that brings yeah. up, uh, you know, what's the standardization of teaching people who have never flown FPV before to flying FPV, right? Because when people learn how to fly, like on our side, most of our students, you know, if they freak out. We always, we always teach them two things. Uh, thing number one is thumbs up, buttercup, because uh, you can't hit anything if you fly over it, right? But number two is if you freak out, just stop moving the sticks, right? The right. drone comes to a stop. With FPV, I mean, every single minute movement is drastically exacerbated in the aircraft, making it really hard to learn to just kind of fly and chill, right? So between you right. Know, all these things that you have to learn and then learning how to fly it, uh it, it seems like your book is is really kind of a necessary necessary resource, excuse me. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean again, tons of great points that you're bringing up. Um I mean as far as the book being a a you know, a necessary resource. I mean, I, I wrote in the preface myself, I'm like, listen, I've been doing this for seven years. I didn't have this book and I taught myself how to fly. And you know, I'll be the first person to tell you, you don't need to read my book. If you wanna go out and you wanna like, you know, try to piece together a fundamental understanding of FPV on your own, then you can absolutely do that, but it's gonna require you to spend, you know, an inordinate amount of time searching the internet for all these disparate pieces of information. And then you're gonna have to kind of, you know, stitch those pieces together uh, for yourself. Alternatively, I mean, you can you could pick up a copy of of my book um, and, you know, I I spent a great deal of time iterating on the content, uh, being very selective with what it was that I wanted to discuss and how I wanted to discuss it. And I wanted to put it in a a, a logical order so that I could present the reader with this sort of structured hierarchy of things that they should know. So we start with a a general foundation up front and then we continue to to add in layers of complexity uh, as we go. And with that said, I also don't. um, The book is not just simply like a plagiarized amalgamation of stuff that I ripped from the internet, actually, there's there's a great deal of things that I go into uh, incredible depth uh, in documenting and detailing in in the book that are concepts that are super important that are associated with you know flying acro that are not discussed widely. I mean, just to throw out some, you know, I, I had to invent terminology for these things. I had to coin terms and phrases for them because they they quite simply don't exist. Things like the baseline position, um, in, in terms of momentum control, rooking the quad, um, things like uh, outside stance versus default stance. These are all really critical concepts that are not discussed widely amongst the community. So just to wrap that piece up, I mean, people who would get the most value out of the book are definitely going to be, you know, newer pilots just getting into the hobby. It's going to put them on the fast track to success. Uh, I would say intermediate pilots if they've been flying for a while, but they feel as though they're kind of stuck in a plateau. I give actionable strategies for them to get out of that and to get better. Um, But also I wanted to write the book in such a way where it would not be easy to pigeonhole it as like this is just a book for the newbies. I went, you know, again, to great lengths to document very advanced concepts that that really are only touched by, you know, advanced and master level pilots that aren't talked about And, and hopefully You know, I don't know. What was that song? Was that from like Shania Twain or something? Give them something to talk about. Like, but I wanted to write the book in such a way where like give give the FPV community something to talk about, add to the 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 lexicon and 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 just bolster our vocabulary so that we can continue to communicate increasingly complex ideas, you know, with one another.
0: Oh totally. It's funny when you bring up Shania Twain though, I think of Will Ferrell trying to sing, I don't get Will <laughs> I don't think it was Shania Twain, but anyway, it was the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> oh, I love it, I love it. <laughs> does the book though also kinda go into once you build these aircraft, once you understand these strategies and whatnot, does it go into the actual aspect of like the first time that you go out onto the field, you power up this bird, and you're poof, you're off? Is it I mean that's kinda that was kind of what I was after and I'm also still after do you think FPV is, is mainstream. Cause I feel like it's starting to get there. I mean, I feel like there are more of you guys more. And I say you guys FPV pilots, than there are consumer pilots. Right. And most yeah. of the FPV guys that I meet, they're like, no, no, no. There's so many more of you guys than there are of us.
1: I would say, uh, okay, well you had two questions there. All right. So first of all, like, is the book going to help you? Like, mm, I, I don't, I don't hold anyone's hand in the book because quite frankly, if you're going to get into FBV acro and you're, and you're really going to be successful with it, like you have to have a, a certain level of, you know, intelligence and determination to do it. So I, I don't hold anyone's hand and I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence by like, okay, flip the switch and arm it. And then just like slightly hover off the ground. And then I, I talk about, you know, strategies for taking off and, you know, beginner things. But a lot of it is more like I want to present, Concepts to you in a thought provoking way that's going to force you to think for yourself and internalize that and, and figure out how it's going to work. For you, you know, it's not like step one, do this. Step two, do exactly this, exactly as I say it. It, You know, it's more about teaching people to think in three dimensions and think with a master level mindset. You know, it's more like you know, teach a man to fish as opposed to giving him a fish, right? And then to your second point, uh, you know, I would still say that the consumer drone market probably vastly uh, outnumbers the FPV drone guys. And I mean, just as a general concept that I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here with this, but I mean, it, it, uh, there's a book that was called uh, Crossing the Chasm. It's basically discussing like the innovation adoption curve. So it talks about, you know, for any new technology that comes out, it goes through a certain life cycle. So the the first people who pick it up are like the early evangelists. These are the Uber enthusiasts. I don't care what it costs. I don't care how many bugs it has. I want it. I want to do it. Then you move into the early adopters who are like, eh, that's still a little too rough, but now it's like a little bit better and I'm willing to accept it. And then between the early adopters and the early majority is what's called the chasm and it's a you know this massive divide between what a mainstream audience is willing to accept as a finished polished solution and it's a very big divide and that's why I was bringing up the point before where I think that we're, we're kind of standing on the precipice of the chasm, sort of staring off in the distance, looking at the the mainstream consumer. But they're still standing off to the side. They're like, no, this is not there yet, and I'm not willing to get in. Uh, and I and and to that point, like it's we're not going to get there until we have specifically a modular quadcopter system that's going to be totally plug and play. And that's not like it's a, a a completely new and novel idea. There's been a lot of companies that have tried to do it. I could you know rattle off a number of well, failed products. Um, but if it was done in the right way, I think that's really what people would need to finally commit to it and be like, ah, okay, now it's time for me to get in. And we're not there yet. It's not mainstream by any means.
0: Gotcha. And I mean, you think that DJI's release of the FPV drone, which is, is probably an attempt to um, uh, bridge that gap, cross the chasm, as you would say, which is, I read that book like 10 years ago and now I'm like, you know what? I need to go reread that book. Uh, But it's a good one. But my point is, is that DJI FPV, it seems like they're trying to bridge that gap as much as they can. But you think that this is actually like a degradation of the gap and making the chasm uh, uh, bigger rather than actually uh, making progress towards crossing the chasm, literally.
1: I wouldn't necessarily say that. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I think that the DJI FPV drone is a phenomenal thing for the FPV hobby. I'm happy that it exists. I'm glad that they put it out because, you know, when the 800 pound gorilla in the drone industry, you know, stakes a claim in a big way and puts out their own FPV drone, that draws a lot of attention to the world of FPV. And, you know, the only reason I pick on DJI and I, and I mean this sincerely is, you know, it's like when your dad says to you, like, you know, I'm I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed when I look at the DJI FPV drone and I'm like, there's only a, a handful of companies in the world that are probably capable of, you, you know, throwing the resources necessary to solve this problem in a good way. DJI obviously being one of them. And for me, when I'm like, you, you have unlimited resources and you have an army of, of engineer and product designers. And when you put something out that just kind of fundamentally misses the mark, it's disappointing. And and this is, this is, you know, I'll, I'll give you an analogy here. This is the problem with DJI trying to produce products for FPV and specifically an FPV drone. The issue with it is that they're trying to apply the same cookie cutter formula that has been wildly successful for them with their other models in their lineup, the Mavic, the Phantom, the Inspire, etc. They're trying to take that same sort of like, you know, uber polished Apple consumer product approach and apply it to FPV. And the issue with that is that, you know. FPV is, is, is like this wild animal. Okay. It's, it's a tiger. And you got a company like DJI that wants to take that tiger and shrink it down and domesticate it. And then they just want to like have it come out of the box and sit in your lap so that you can like pet it and stroke it and do nice. But eventually the thing's going to turn around and it's going to bite you because it's still a damn tiger. So as opposed to developing a product in such a way where they think it's what the idealized vision of the product should be. They should actually be focusing on the real issues at hand and focusing on solving those problems, addressing the fact that the tiger is a tiger, make the product to suit the actual you know, needs of the customer. And that's, that's the problem with the DJI drone is that it doesn't really solve any problems. it's not making it any easier for you to continue to advance in in your piloting skills because it's not making it any easier for you to maintain a functioning drone. It makes, again, it makes it easier to get in the air because it's like, Hey, in one box, I have nothing now I have everything. Okay. That's great. But now you're up in the air for two minutes, you're going to crash your drone. And now what do you have? You have an expensive paperweight and you're not going to be able to learn by, you know, sending the thing back and forth, you know, for $250 repair bills every time it's just not going to work.
0: No, that's a very good point because I wanted to ask, okay, well, what are these problems? And obviously, one of those problems is the fact that, look, FPV drones crash, especially if you're pushing the envelope, especially if you're trying to fly in the way that most FPV pilots do. Uh, Are there there other problems, though? I mean, obviously, you break it and it's irreparable, right? Which is also something that's really not new to DJI. I mean, I feel like DJI created the environment so that they could create Carefresh, but uh, who am I? So, anyway, my question though is is what other problems do you think that the DJI FPV drone kind of fails to hit?
1: Um, I mean nothing specifically like i you know i I could nitpick its performance and say it's too heavy and blah blah blah, but I mean that's that's to be expected and and you know there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with its performance envelope i you know really the the issue with it is that it just it fails the durability test, like it's just not addressing the fundamental problem that you will crash it, it will break. And, you know, uh, instead of opting for a carbon fiber frame and steel hardware, which would be the optimal choice for this application, they don't want to do that. So they make it from molded plastic because that's what fits, you know, again, their idealized vision of what the product should look like, as opposed to addressing the realities of it and just... You know, going with a a stripped down, bare bones, you know, rally car look, you know, they're trying to put out a luxury SUV with all the bells and whistles. But at the end of the day, like the reason why people are drawn to FPV is because it does give you that. that promise that when you master the machine, it grants you the ability to, to, to quite literally transfer your consciousness from your, your physical form and into the quadcopter. It becomes an avatar and you are in essence, like a low level cyborg at that point. And when you really get, good at FPV, you know, the quadcopter is this physical extension of your very conscious will, your conscious thought. And it grants you that ability to just become something so much greater than your everyday self. You can move with a speed and with a fluidity that is just unmatched by anything. And we we have the technology now that you can throw it in your backpack, take it out to the park and, and, and you can experience flight. You know, this is this has been the dream of mankind since the dawn of time. And now we have that ability to do like if you want that, that is truly the allure of of what FPV is. And there's nothing that's ever going to, you know, like I write about in my book, I say it there in one particular line, uh, there, there's there's nothing that you can do to, you know, make it safer or easier. And, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine any sort of crash mitigation feature that wouldn't completely neuter the FPV experience. You know, it's either gonna have to come at the expense of the quadcopter's performance, or it's gonna have to come at the expense of your control. And it's really the combination of those two things that makes FPV what it is. So it, if you're going into FPV with the sense that why can't they just make this easier, then you're, you're looking at it from the wrong
0: perspective then. Gotcha. No, I, I. It's extremely eloquently said when you mentioned how it's essentially an extension of your consciousness as you're flying because it's so difficult to explain to people this flow state, this meditative state that you do get into when you're in that level of flying uh, and I really relate to that, especially because as I got in this industry, it's mostly in action sports. So I had to always fly DJI drones as if they were FPV drones because I'm all solely focused on the subject, you know, at all times. But that said, you know, I know a lot of your book is really about flying acro mode, that that true freedom of flight and the ability to do kind of the cool stuff, the barrel rolls, the stalls, etc. Um, right. Do you think that... uh the DJI drone really inhibits your ability to fully learn and master that acro mode like is the DJI FPV drone you know too heavy to get these beautiful barrel rolls or is it a control functionality And then I think you said it very well, by the way. I'm just trying to dig down a little bit more. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think you said it extremely well. Look, if you're trying to drive a Ferrari, you got to drive a Ferrari. You can't go buy that new Kia Turbo and pretend you're driving a Ferrari. You're not driving a Ferrari. You know what I mean? Right. And and I I love that analogy uh, because I've watched people who have never flown FPV you know, hold the DJI FPV remote, they want to go full acro, right? They go for the M button, they're not ready for it, and they are just sinking to the ground, you know? I mean, it's it almost yeah. happens every single time. So is that drone just really not allowing you to fully understand the, uh, the capacity of acro mode and the ability to fly in those very cool kind of freeing ways?
1: No, I mean, I would say um, the... Okay, so that's an interesting point. The The FPV drone is, uh, the DJI drone is, you know, for all intents and purposes, it is a true FPV drone, right? It, it, it has a, a very high performance envelope, you know, considering other, you know, more consumer models. So, I mean, in terms of its powertrain, it does have enough power to do what you want it to do. I've only flown it quite literally once, so I only have about three minutes of experience on it. Um, you know, so take whatever I say with a grain of salt. Uh, I've seen other pilots perform with it. Um, it's, I mean, it's a little heavy and it's a little sluggish, but I mean, if you know what you're doing, you can, you can fly it and you can have a full acro experience on it. It does have a high enough thrust to weight ratio to make it capable of performing acrobatic maneuvers, just like, you know, uh, uh, an FPV mini quad, you know, Would do, uh, you know, like a a home built uh, freestyle quad. It's not going to be as powerful and as light, obviously, but it will still definitely, uh, you know, to experience FPV for sure.
0: No, I, th- I think it's it's honestly awesome, man. So, where can people find your book if they want to learn more? Because a lot of people are calling your book the definitive guide to learning how to fly FPV, learning how to build and fly FPV drones. So, if they wanted to get a copy of their book of your book, where could they go? And uh, yeah, I mean, how can we get our hands on it?
1: Uh, oh God it's everywhere at this point um, it's up on Amazon worldwide you can get paperback copies for 29.99 uh, on Amazon worldwide it's also in get FpV race day quads rotor riot. Uh, Pyro drone. If you want to go support, you know, our, 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 you know, our FPV shops, definitely go to them. Um, all, all the copies that they're selling are actually all personally signed by me anyway. So, uh, go to them, don't go to Amazon, get it from them. Uh, if you want, you know, immediate gratification and you want to get the ebook version of it, uh, there's downloads available for nine 99. You can get that on Amazon Kindle for PC. Uh, if you have a, a Mac Apple device, it's on Apple books and then it's also on Google play books and it's available in like, I, I don't know, 160 different countries around the world and pretty much you know everywhere i actually just just today um is the sixth month of uh publication and i actually am just approaching the three thousandth copy sold. So for a a self-published title, that's like considered to be like a grand slam home run. So I'm just really, really happy with, you know, how it's been going and all the positive feedback that it's gotten. I get, you know, so many uh awesome reviews and and people reach out to me directly. They send me emails and they talk about, you know, how it's really helping them get up in the air and really, you know, experience FPV and sort of wade through that awful masochistic minefield that this hobby really can't be. And, and that, that is something that, you know, honest to God is very truly, you know, fulfilling to me to be able to make that connection with, you know, the reader and, and actually help them to get where they want to be. You know, I just am someone who's genuinely passionate about flying FPV. I've been doing it for years. I love it to death. I'll probably never stop doing it. And, you know, just to be able to get someone else to, you know, help push them and, and, and prod them along and keep them going. um, It's, it's really fulfilling. So, Yeah been great. <laughs>
0: Doing it for all the right reasons. I think uh, everyone who's, you know, watching, listening, you've got to pick up that book. It's totally worth it. Uh, and Christian, I wish you all the best of luck, my friend. And seriously, there's probably a lot that I have to learn from you in all honesty. So thank you again for your time. No,
1: thank you, Paul. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, that's going to do it for us today. Everyone, please check out that book. I promise that you You'll, you'll have a little bit of fear of missing out if you don't pick up a copy of that FPV Flight Dynamics because, frankly, the depth of that content is, is seriously unparalleled. And that's why we wanted to bring uh, him on the show because, frankly, there is no better resource. So make sure you check that out. That's going to do it for us today. <laughs> that's going to do it for 300 pages of content, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks again for joining us. As always, this is Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.